Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. So there's a lot going on in the next month. This Saturday, we have the show at Wizard World Chicago, which is kind of new information. So if you're going to be at Wizard World Chicago, uh, we will be performing a show at 7 p.m. on Saturday. That's this weekend, August the 25th, in room one. Yeah, that's the first room. That is. So as soon as you walk in the building, <laughs> and it doesn't matter which door, it's just that first it's room. It's the first door. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's like the room of requirement. Like, it's just yeah. the first door you come across in the building. I need, I need a laugh. I need a laugh. I need a laugh. And then we're there. If you find that you go into a door, the first door, and it's not us, there's probably signs too. That's not room one. Yeah. You messed up. Yeah. Yeah. You may have counted too soon or too late. (laughs) Could you count too soon on the door number one? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Point five. Door point five. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then the following uh, week, we've actually got two of these games set up already. Tass and I will be at Dragon Con. So again, if you want to play a game, uh, you can email us at thecast at thecritshowpodcast.com. Uh, and we will be there Thursday through Monday if you want to play a game. So send us an email and we'll uh, we'll set up a little Monster of the Week with you. We'd love to meet some of you. Yeah. Uh, and then September the 5th at 8 p.m. EST, we have the second half of the Gen Con show, which will be on Twitch which is twitch.tv backslash the crit show forward slash forward slash. We'll just leave that in. <laughs> I don't have the set of mind right now to adjust things. The, on the wherewithal. Fly. Yeah. Uh, that was just a lot of information. Yeah. That's really all I've got. So I guess we should probably have you guys answer the questions now. The end of the session questions. Yay. So did you conclude the current mystery? Yes. Yeah. What was it? We went to the space station and we figured out what was hurting them and we stopped it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Good. Nice full answers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you guys are kind of beat up after that. Probably don't want to talk too in depth about what happened in space. Well, we, it was a rough time. It wasn't yeah. a full success. Yeah. But we did it. Um, did yeah. you save someone from certain death or worse? Some ones? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we saved a couple people. Of course, we did we, lose a couple we, people, too. We also failed we to save at least a couple of people. Um, but, you know, clearly the target, the goal was Riley. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, for good or ill, if all the people that could have or should have died, it yeah, probably should have so been you, him. You did but... save the killer, at least. And <laughs> oh, shoot. Lost yeah. a couple of innocents. Yeah. Um, and the people that were in its way trying to, you know, it, trying to get through and ensure destruction. You know, yeah. But, Did we learn something new and important about the world? Boy, we learned that there was a monster hunting space station orbiting around yeah, us. Yeah, or at least used to be. What was. <laughs> yeah. Maybe no longer. Oof. Yeah, just that idea of this sort of uh, coalition of monster hunting knowledge and technology and magic that yeah. that's a huge thing you know i thinking about like yeah we're like the midwest division of some greater thing mm. is 
pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me think of if you guys have ever listened to the commentary or read articles about their original vision for the Ghostbusters movie. The movie that we saw was one of like 30 different branches around the world that they were going to show. And it was just like, oh, this is kind of a documentary about how this company works if you want to franchise. You know, they were kind of the rinky-dink, made-fun-of-ones in the thing, and that became the main movie. But it was these huge, epic monster fights all over the world, and then these guys who operate out of a fire station. And then that became the one that was the most interesting when, you know, at the time, studios were like, no, you can't do all these crazy, insane monsters. That's, you pick one, and that was ultimately the one that they went with. Boy, I feel uncomfortable having compared ourselves to Ghostbusters in any capacity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just mean in the sense of that kind of, that there are more of you out there than just you guys. And also that we are easily as good as the Ghostbusters original. You know what? We're better. Okay. Suck it, Bill Murray. (laughs) Oh, no. no. Don't bring the wrath down. Uh, Unfortunately, we're only better than the Ghostbusters, that Saturday morning kids cartoon that had the crazy car. Oh, and the gorilla? (laughs) Yes, and the gorilla. Oh, my gosh. You mean the the reason why they had to make the real Ghostbusters? Yes, exactly. exactly. (laughs) Uh, And then, did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? I feel like we did with this whole... TJ coming into his own with the the weird science he's been doing, the fact that um, it clicked into his brain and he was able to suddenly do these things, not just the way he had done them before, but far more efficiently. Um, I think that was a really cool view of, oh, we know what it is about him that really is the defining important thing that he's here to do. Maybe not the task, but I think we got that clear Um, indication of this is the way that he operates in an important way for sure definitely think it's it's a step in the right direction as it were instead of just being mundane old tj you know helping out every once in a while now i have a purpose yeah Um, yeah and so maybe that purpose leads on to some other purpose or some other task that jake's god will eventually be like this is what you need to do and yeah theoretically like my mission didn't end when you when your science clicked, so right. you're not yeah. done, whatever yeah. it is. Right. The task hasn't been presented, but your role in it has been, I think, clearly defined now. Yeah. And I do want to point out, when I gave the name of TJ's playbook, two of the three people at this table kind of freaked out and laughed and had a bit of a moment, and I'm sure no one understands why. Yeah. And so we will share this. Uh, we have the music somewhere, and I think they found the videos But years ago, when they were in an improv troupe together, they had made some videos called TJ the Science Guy, where he just did really bad or shoddy or elementary science. Um, So we won't describe it too much. We'll just let you watch the videos. If you're interested, we'll post those later. But that is why they had such a strong reaction to the name TJ the Science Guy. (laughs) Yeah. So well well done on that, Rev, for doing a a personal callback that so wonderfully fits into all of this. <laughs> Makes me so happy in the cockles of my heart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you guys answered yes to all four questions, so that means you get two experience points. Does anybody level up from that? I do not. No, certainly not. Nope, not yet. Good, uh, because you guys leveled up so much in that <laughs> mystery. And then you also get eight gear points. So talk to me about the actual adventure. This was this was kind of a rough story for you guys. This is a rough mission. Kind of talk to me about it. What what do you think's going on? What's going on with your characters? Or what do you think if does this connect to anything? Or just what what theories have you got? Or what personal responses do you have? 
I th- I just think oh this was tough. This was really the first one where um you know we're starting to see the negative effects of when we either make a bad call or you know really the the worst version of having a bad role um because lives were absolutely lost here in yeah. a way that we haven't seen yet. There's the whole idea of yeah, okay, these people have died so you have to go investigate this is really all we've seen at this point. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, especially in my case, I mean, in-game tasks is not going to be okay for a while. Yeah. Um, because even just after going through this whole montage of, of getting back into the training and trying to be the best version of himself for this task, you know, I still had a bad call with him. I thought, I, I think he had a moment of hubris of, if I show myself in a threatening or odd way, I'm going to be the focus of of this monster's attacker ire and somebody else died for yeah. that hubris mm-hmm. and you know there are so many other things that he's looking back and just why didn't I just do this why didn't I just be forward about it why didn't I just go on the offensive and make an attack why did I mm. play so sloppily in that moment of action it's tricky um, too because you know at the time you guys didn't know a lot about this about the poltergeist Mm-hmm. And to know that it was an entity of rage and that it was cool until it was messed with and then it just went into a rage. You know, if you guys had had that knowledge, you might have acted completely differently right. with that thing in the room with someone who who was kind of an innocent. Right. On that end, not necessarily digging into exactly what happened story-wise and even how kind of tough the mystery was, just the bare bones of the the stakes that we're dealing with now are really starting to sink in and you know that changes a lot of things for me on uh, how how you know we're going to approach this or at least how tasks how i'm going to approach this i'm mostly hung up on the same thing boy we screwed the pooch in a big way on this one it was definitely a different kind of and intentionally so for me it was a different kind of environment you know there is something to be said for space horror because there is nowhere to go it is the few hallways that you have, the few rooms that you have, and this thing. Whereas, you know, in Hawaii, you guys could run all over the island, go, you know, into the water, go into a building. Here, it is a very confined space. And at least for me, I find that terrifying. So I thought it would be interesting to see how you guys coped with that. You know, I it's a weird mental thing that was going on with me every episode that we recorded, too, um, that I haven't really talked to you guys or mentioned to you until now. I was kind of saving it for this. That... The way that the space station was described initially when we arrived and even in, you know, arriving in a tense situation that it got kind of resolved fairly quickly right there in the moment. And then we kind of had a few minutes of relaxation before it started going to hell. But just what I was picturing changed so drastically, Mm. even after I'd locked it into my mind at first, because at first it was like nice clean halls of the Starship Enterprise, wide brightly lit kind of space station-y situations. Uh But every episode, as it got worse and worse, it devolved more into the the thin, dark, flickering light, no room, no space to move hallways of like out of Alien or out of other things. Like it just... The pressure changed my imagination. Oh, good. In a way that was, yeah, it was just, oof, I don't know. And that's, you know, all kind of the way that things were presented and the way that you were putting them out there for us. And yeah, you really you really put some pressure on us in a very <laughs> fun way for, for me to, you know, try to figure out 
where do we go? How do we deal with this? And yeah, so good, good shit, man. <laughs> so I had some people actually ask me, um, if you're listening to this and you uh, are on Twitch, um, you can find us at The Crit Show on Twitch. We get on there uh, starting pretty regularly lately, playing some Mario Kart, and we're going to play some other stuff. But uh, if you play that, you can join us. Um, we play some matches with whoever's around. But uh, it's spawned a lot of conversation, and I actually had someone asking me just questions about that monster and about just that mystery. Um, do you guys have any questions? I like once the mystery is over, if it doesn't connect to the bigger story, I don't have any problems talking about what was going on. Is there anything that you guys are unsure of, or that any kind of questions you have? Or uh, I think I did in the fact that, like you know, Jake's deity gave him, you know, Gollum, and we're we were like focused on Gollum mm. the whole time, and then all of a sudden it's Poltergeist. Which one was it? This is what I wanted to know. Like. Like, so, it, I mean, it was the poltergeist, but the poltergeist had created the golem, and the golem was the thing that could actually do stuff. You know, the poltergeist, all all that it had control of were the computer systems in that room. Okay. And the reason that they thought they had these long downtime periods between it appearing is that it would go out and try to do something, and it wasn't going away to recharge. And if you guys had looked more at the cameras on the outside of the building, you would see the creature crawling around on the building, and it was setting up hard wire to help the poltergeist get to different rooms. And so when the room disconnected, it actually snapped the cord that it had, and so it couldn't get back out of that room. That was something that you guys didn't get a chance to see. But that was why it kept leaving, was because it was then going to essentially lay wire so that its master could get to other rooms to get oh, control. Eventually, it would have okay. been able to get control over other sections. But nice. you guys triggered that kind of what, for me, was the end game scenario. I thought, oh, yeah, this creature, things get too dangerous. It's going to jettison a section. And I thought that was going to be kind of like a like an end game, you know, end of, but that was almost the first thing that happened. You guys happened to be in the room with it. It was there listening, and you guys were like, oh, yeah, we got to disconnect it from everything. Oh, yeah, let's mess this thing up. And it was like, well, crap, goodbye. <laughs> and that's why it was on the outside, because it was actually outside working when the pod was jettisoned. That's why it came crawling around the building when TJ... I had a little timeline, so I knew where that kind of golem was at different points of the day where it was working, and it just happened to be on the engineering bay. So the Oof. poltergeist was the golem. Like, he would, like, infest the golem and then actually physically do the work that it needed to do. Uh, no, what you guys had said was correct, that it was a golem that was powered by the magic, the, the power of the poltergeist, but it was essentially getting its commands through code okay oh wow yeah, so it was so it was that, the master yeah. of the golem it wasn't actually going inside of of it and treating it like a suit okay. which totally makes sense for that to be the answer that this you know defender would give because that's what his champion would have to fight to yeah. keep someone that safe. was the risk and yeah. that was the thing that was going to kill people right because if it that. said poltergeist, I can't imagine what it would have been like if you guys were trying to figure out how to expel a poltergeist from this golem that does not that have any connection have to that. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that would have... Oh, we confuse easily as it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, with all of that worked through, it is shopping time. We talked a little bit before we started recording, and... We're expanding the way that you guys can spend gear points. We had a little bit of conversation before we started this recording about different ways that you guys could spend points because I thought, well, you know, it, it's kind of getting 
redundant, and Jake doesn't have anything really he can spend points on. No, I've got a I've got a jealous god. You I do can't get new weapons. I can't get new armor. That dude will be furious. Yeah, so I I opened it up to them and said, well, if you guys have ideas on how you'd like to spend points, I'm I'm all ears. Um, and, uh, and so we've come up with a couple of things, so let's go around the table and talk about each person's, how they're gonna spend their points. The one thing that I will tell you guys about buying gear this time is because of the damage done to the space station, and the amount of time that it's gonna take for them to repair things, and the money and the effort that's gonna go in, there's a lot of all hands on deck, you know, they are basically trying to decommission this space station. So you weren't able to get any new gear from the various people you met on the space station, and at least for this adventure, you guys actually don't have access to the werewolf serum because all the scientists are hands on deck. They don't have time to, to make any more. They're working with uh, everyone involved at the space station to get it out of orbit and decommission all the different magic and technological things that were on it. So that is the one thing, unfortunately, to keep in mind while you're shopping. So I, what I had talked to Rev about was essentially kind of expanding my arsenal, not so much in you know the kind of guns and weapons I use, but in the ammunition. Um, so I think what we agreed on, correct me if I'm wrong, yep. is um, essentially specialized ammo that works for the next um, arc. Yeah, so if, if you want some shotgun shells filled with rock salt, or if you want some, you know, bullets that are made of silver, anything like that, spend one point and you can have that type of ammo for that weapon. And we're not going to try to track bullets. That would be a very boring mechanic for everyone involved. Sure. You just have enough for that adventure. Okay. So, yeah, I like that. I dig that. Um, so I went with three different things, yep. just kind of the basics. Uh, for the shotgun, I went with the rock salt rounds mm. um for my 38 i went with iron and silver so okay. two separate types yep there. so that'll be three points and then after we get through this mystery that's coming up if you want those same ones or different ones again it'll just be replenishing the stock uh and then i know that you said you wanted some grenades too those we will track grenades will be mm. one point a piece yeah because they are strong they are strong um so i'm gonna take three okay uh, let's go to TJ. Let's talk about what we discussed with you wanting to spend some points on on some gear. Uh, I definitely want like uh, like whenever we were discussing about like my change into the scientist, you you were like, oh, here's all this stuff that was like you know here and there and everything. Uh, I pull on a lab coat, I grab some goggles or whatever. And I thought, oh man, what kind of goggles? You know, like are they? Are they just like work goggles, the little plastic things you can get at Walmart to protect your eyes or something? And then I was like, man, I should probably get some goggles that help me to investigate things. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I am a scientist after all, and I need to make sure that uh, I'm investigating as thoroughly as possible. So I decided that I'm going to go ahead and spend money on actual real nice goggles. Um, so I decided on goggles that were mostly for investigating at this point, but I had the idea that I want to make them better later on. Uh, so I went with uh, electromagnetic field vision goggles so I can see like ghosts and things like yeah. that. And then um, night vision because it's always going to be dark somewhere. That's the old saying. It's always dark somewhere. <laughs> uh, and then uh, infrared heat vision, uh, which will allow me to see like body heat and yeah. things like that, that maybe something is invisible, but maybe it's not a ghost. Yeah. And so the, the mechanic that actually Jake came up with for this, it's very, very nicely used. So it's going to cost you for these goggles. It's going to cost you one for the goggles. 
and then it's going to cost you one for each tag you want the goggles to have. You can be in one setting of the goggles. You can be in one of those three modes. And if you're investigating something, if it's relevant, you'll get a bonus to your roll. You can switch between the different types of vision, but that's what's going to cost you. So these are powered by a battery, and the battery will have as many charges for this mystery as you put gear points into it. So if you spend five gear points on the battery, that means you can change the vision type five times. When it's in one vision type, it could stay that way the whole adventure, but it may not be relevant. You right. may be like, oh, it's the middle of the day. I probably shouldn't keep this in night vision, so I need to change it. Okay, and I'm changing it to infrared. That costs you a point. Sure. And so once once you use all five points, the goggles will die. <laughs> and then let's let's move on to the big ticket item. Oh, yeah. Someone at the end of this table has got a bunch of points. I do. <laughs> yeah, since I can't spend points on weapons and armor, uh, and like last time I dumped a bunch of points into just the stuff I need, I'm just racking these bad boys up. So uh, one of the things that I think we really need and that I happen to be able to afford is a new car. Um, so I'm going to spend a significant chunk on a real real baller car. Uh, so one of the things that the mundane class actually gets is they get a vehicle and you can pick from a list of them. So there's like a skateboard <laughs> or a bicycle or a classic car that's in terrible condition and it li literally says that or a fairly new car in good condition. So I'm going with a fairly new car in good condition. I'm going to get a 2014 Dodge Charger. Uh, four-door model. And so you said that that would cost four of it'll the points. Be, it'll just be four points just for the car. Just for the car. Yep, one per tire. Um, but then another thing we talked about. If you want a spare tire, it's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. No, there's no donut in the trunk. There's no room. But then another thing we talked about is Tass said, oh, well, maybe we can add some of the modifications that the professional gets for their car as like a class feature to it. Yeah. So and because we, you, know, you guys have the IPT, I think that that is perfectly reasonable. Yeah. And like, you know, they've already equipped their agents, at least one of them, with a car with modifications. So they probably know what they're doing. Um, so, you know, Rev sort of went down the list and decided what he thinks these things cost. The, the more rare or specialized or whatever, the more that they probably cost. I had... 13 gear points going into it. Sheesh. Um, yeah, right. Uh, this car, grand total, costs 12. But nice. Tass is going to kick in for some of the smaller features. We're going to pool our points. Uh, so what this thing has is uh, concealed weapons. So we can stash our weapons and our gear like under the seats or something somewhere hidden. Uh, the anonymous tag, which we figure means it has no VIN. It has a license plate that can you know sort of rotate Green Hornet style yeah, mm -hmm. to be unrecognizable. It is just like if we ditch it and the cops find it, they're just like this. This thing doesn't exist. Like yep. this is in this is nowhere. What is this car? Um, and you know if somebody looks at it, they wouldn't be able to identify us. Uh, stealthy. So it's, it runs quiet. It's got a real good muffler and some special tires that are quieter on gravel or something. It's just a, a sneaky car. Uh, and then tough. So it's got like a bull bar on the front. It's got a roll cage in it. It just, it can take a beating. If we have to smash down a gate with mm -hmm. it, it'll survive that. If we have you to take a hard jump. Yeah, if we take it off a ramp, it'll land and it'll be okay. It's got great shocks. And I think that it is real cool looking. It is not just a stock charger. It's what got color like, is it? gunmetal gray Ooh. good choice i like that and it's got like the air hood and it's got like a cool front bumper it, it's a it's a mean looking car okay 
And uh, yeah, there are a lot of people on Reddit actually who've been talking to me about our gear system. I will put all this in there, but really it is just a, it's just another way of taking these gear points and finding ways for them to purchase things that are kind of assets, but not necessarily moves. You know, the mundane just gets a car. Um, and so we're not really, I don't really think we're breaking anything by letting you buy a car even though for some people it's a move, you know, it'd be different if we were letting you spend gear points to buy... Like the Chosen's weapon or something. Exactly, like exactly. too much. But, but every um, schmuck has a car. And this like, is specific, yeah. too, because you guys have the IPT. If you guys had burned a bridge with the IPT and maybe weren't working for them, you could probably just get the car. You couldn't get these modifications done. Mm -hmm. But since the modifications come from the professional and you've got a professional in the group and you all work for IPT, I think this is perfectly within the bounds of the kind of the logic of our world. So. Agreed. Excellent. So is that all for the shopping? I think so. All right. So you guys are cruising around in Jake's new ride, and uh, your cell phone rings, Tass. I will look and see who it is. It's Rev. Oh, I will answer it. You answer the phone, and there's nobody there. It's just, it sounds like crackling energy or static on the other end. Bud, you there? Hello, hello, hello. Rev. And you just hear more of the same. Uh, okay, guys, I don't love this. Rev's calling, but all I'm hearing is, like, nothing, like static or just dead air. Maybe he forgot to pay his bill. But why would he call it? No, let, uh, oh, let's get over yeah. there. All right, so you guys uh, heading over there? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I would make him. Okay. <laughs> So you guys get to the uh, the outside of the building. Okay, I'm, I'm going to run in towards the front door and down the hall towards yep. his apartment. I mean, uh, does anything look off from the outside? Uh, as you get closer, as Tass runs down the hallway towards the front door, the front door is slightly ajar. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get the shotgun out then, I guess, okay. and approach the door. All right, what are you guys doing? I'm going to get my uh, electro blaster ready. I mean, if he's sensing this danger, it's probably something pretty close by. Yeah, I'll have my hammer out. I'll flank the other side of the door from him. I think I'm going to boot the door. There's a moment where it seems like the lights go out and then they come back on and you're standing in a very long hallway that's very dimly lit. Instead of on the stairs? Correct. Um, there's still a door behind you that you just came through. Does what's outside that door look the same? Uh, it does not. What, though? What's out the door we just came through? Yeah, I'm going to take a peek since I'm on the flank. So if you look out the door, you see what looks like 20, 30 feet of grass, and then it drops off. And there's nothing. Oh, God. I wonder if just coming in sort of unannounced triggered some kind of magic trap. Could be. I'm going to knock on the door. You hear uh, the satisfying knock of wood. Delicious. I'm going to start moving down the hallway. Yeah, we're, as soon as I'm done knocking, I'm just going to close the door and then we'll head down the hallway. You guys walk down the hallway for what feels like 30, 45 seconds, but you don't feel like you're getting any further into the building. Okay. Oof. I don't like this. You're all glancing back at the front door. And then you turn back down the hallway towards the door that doesn't seem to be getting any closer. But when you turn to face it, it's right there, like a foot in front of you. Um, I'm going to try the handle. As you open the door, you guys see him vanish. You both see in the open door, Tass, sitting, hovering midair. Below him floats a bucket. Below that is a vast sea. And he has a handful of stones. And he's examining them. And he drops one into the water. And then he examines two or three. And he drops them into the water. And every time the water gets hit with the stones, a little bit of the water from the bucket pours out and lands in the sea. And with every drop of water from the bucket, the sea gets darker and starts to churn and bubble. Waves appear. It gets more and more tumultuous with every drop from the bucket. What the hell is this? 
Tass? Gonna kind of like wave my hand, see if he responds at all. No, he continues to examine the stones. Sometimes he polishes one and drops it into the bucket. I'm gonna kind of like slowly reach a hand across the threshold of the door and see if anything weird happens. As you reach your hand across the threshold of the door, you suddenly are someplace else. You find yourself sitting in a chair and there's a bucket below you and you hear this sound of pebbles falling into the bucket and you look down and inside the bucket you see there's like a dozen teeth. And as you're looking, you see one more, two more, three more teeth fall into the bucket and then you realize that they're yours. Dude, I have nightmares about my teeth falling out like all of the time. Oh I can I can viscerally imagine this. I'm pretty sure I've uh, dreamed it before. This is horrid. Jake, roll plus weird. Uh, 11. Okay. TJ, as Jake vanishes, the door slams shut, and then it reopens, and a wave of water rushes at you, and you instinctively block your face with your hands, and then you hear the door shut, and you open your eyes, and Jake and Tass are both just standing there looking at the door still. What the what? I just literally touched all my teeth to make sure that none of them were loose or (laughs) gone. He did, he did. They're all still there. Do I remember anything? You don't, but Jake does. I had like a fever dream that my teeth were just falling out into a bucket. What the hell? I don't know. And you were dropping pebbles in a bucket. Is this like a poop joke? No. (laughs) (laughs) What? No, God. I was trying so hard to not let it be. (laughs) I don't understand what you're saying. What? I just tried to open the door. Yes. And in that moment that you opened the door, you disappeared and you became almost like a vision in the door. And in that vision... You were suspended over this bucket and you were dropping pebbles, like actual rocks, into this bucket. And every time you did, water came out of the bucket. And every time the water came out of the bucket, it hit an ocean and the ocean got crazier uh, okay. and crazier. I've got an idea and I'm going to spin on my heel and start walking back towards the entrance door. Yeah, good call. Kay. I'm following. All right. So, yeah, you guys get to the front door. It is closed. TJ had closed it. Well, TJ. Yeah? Go ahead. No. Uh, I'll try the door handle. You grab the handle, and you get this very clear vision of you fending off the soul bats at the theater while Jake tries to retrieve his hammer, and they swarm you. You can feel them climbing into your mouth, into your eyes, into your ears, and they cover you entirely, and you feel the murderous rage of this creature, and you turn and you attack Jake. Roll weird. Okay. Uh, that's a seven. So I'm going to jump in here. I'm actually Rev from the future. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of mechanic talk. So when they roll these plus weirds, I have a chart here. And depending on what their score is, changes how they can communicate. And so they roll their dice, they tell me the number, and then I'm going to give them the way they have to communicate. And I'm giving it to them on a piece of paper so that the other players don't know. So now you'll get to listen uh, and enjoy their struggle as they try to talk to one another in these various fashions. So for the die roll that just happened, tasks for now can only speak in nouns. I just handed Tess a piece of paper. <laughs> I'm processing. Sorry. Yep, that's fair. Jake and TJ, Tess touches the doorknob and freezes for a moment. And then he turns and he looks at you and he has rage in his eyes and he takes a step towards you and then he shakes his head and seems like his eyes clear. What was that? You okay, Bob? Jake, Soulbat. What? Door. Soulbat door. What Jake. What is happening to you? Mouth. Uh, Soulbat. Is there a Soulbat on the other side of the door? And I'm just like... Literally doing what I'm doing now. My hands are up, and I'm just kind of shaking my head, like, uh, 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 uh. uh I'm, I mean, I'm just gonna be like, all right, chill. I'm gonna ask you, sort of, yes or no's, nod or shake your head. Can you do that? Uh, and I nod. Okay. And I like almost cry. 
in is relief. something keeping you from talking? Shrug. Is there a soul bat on the other side of the door? I'll shake my head but look confused, kind of. <laughs> okay. Vision? Okay, so you probably had a vision like what happened to me and what you don't remember, like something weird happened. Finger um, guns. <laughs> finger guns. <laughs> it's weird that you can't talk now, though. It makes me kind of nervous to open this door now. I'm going to knock on the door. At the front door? Yeah. You touch the front door. No, I knock on it. <laughs> and suddenly touchy. you're in the air, and then you're in the water, and you it's a very clear memory of you swimming down trying to find Jake's hammer, and you see it, and you're able to let everybody know where it's at. But as you go to indicate to them where it's at, vines start to wrap around you and pull you further and further under into a dark cave. Roll weird. <laughs> Ten. High weird. I think Rev, listening audience, just gagged himself with laughter. Yeah, I'm not sure a high roll is necessarily a good thing in this case. (laughs) TJ can only communicate through smells. Whatever he's thinking, whatever he's feeling comes across as a smell. Tass and Jake, TJ knocks on the door, then turns into a puddle that splashes to the ground, then reforms and becomes TJ again. And he's on the ground. He's kind of panicking. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Oh my god. You just turned into a puddle. And I open my mouth, but all you guys smell is salty sea air. (laughs) Like coming out of your mouth is just like a wave of ocean air? No, it's not even just out of his mouth. It is just emanating from him. (laughs) Like you just smell that when he tries to talk. What the hell? The look on my face is like like kind of panicky. All you smell is salty sea air. Okay. Can you like do the nod and shake thing if I ask you questions? I nod my head, but you smell hardwood. Like a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Mahogany? Mahogany, or... yeah. Okay. okay. I am living in a Three Stooges bit. Okay. Did you have a vision? I nod my head and then you get the smell of salty sea air again. And then also pineapple and coconut. Okay. Was it something to do with Hawaii? I nod my head pointing at you and you smell more coconut, more pineapple, more uh, mahogany. Um, I'm kind of like waving my hands like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Communication smells nouns. So you can only say nouns, Jake, and you can only communicate by creating smells. I shrug and you smell a fart. You you smell what you would smell like after a shower, I guess. What is happening? I like that he knows what you smell like after a shower. (laughs) We were roommates. That's fair. I don't know how to fix this. Do I touch the door? I'm seeing some, I'm seeing the no. I'm waving, I'm waving off and you smell sulfur. (laughs) Okay. No, bad. Got it. I'm going to gesture door hammer. Like smash it or just like touch it. Hammer. And I nod and you smell uh, ozone. Okay. Lightning. I'll try and smash the door with my hammer, I guess. All right. You pull back your hammer and all of a sudden you're in a business suit (laughs) with no weapons. Is it crisp? It's not. Oh. It looks like you're wearing your father's business suit. It's too big. Like it's hanging past your sleeves. The shoes are too big. The tie is way loose. Am I little? You are. Am I looking up at them? You are. And I just go, ha, 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 and I flap flap and stop around. I'm just ready to cry. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Do I sound the same or do I sound like a little kid? You sound the same. (laughs) Rev. 
Rev. I'm going to jump up and try and get the doorknob. I'm just, I'm kind of of the mindset that like, well, I already got hit by whatever this is. If he's starting to jump, Hopefully it's done. can I try to grab him out of the air before he touches it? <laughs> Real straight tough. Damn it. That's a five. <laughs> you reach out to try and stop him. And as he grabs the handle, it turns and you both tumble out the door. Jake, you are standing in front of the tribunal of the five gods. Oh, no. And they all look very sad. And the defender reaches his hand out and pulls energy from you. And as he does, you feel your bones start to shift and crack. And your jaw gets longer and your teeth get longer. And you turn into a wolf and you howl. Tash, you are standing in the Eye of Horus, and there's the sound of metal being wrenched apart, and you are pulled violently backwards, and you fly past the metal golem, which has torn out a wall on the station, and you feel intense pressure and heat as hundreds of stars fill your vision, and something inside of you ruptures. Both of you roll weird. God. Uh, three. Uh, nine. Jake can only talk in book titles, and Tass has to talk backwards. TG, as they tumble through the door, it looks like they both scroll through the color wheel. Red, blue, green, yellow, and then they hit the ground and they're back to normal. I'm going to go to them. Yeah, you able to walk outside the door, no problem. I open my mouth to begin to speak, but all they smell is fresh grass. I'm going to clear my throat and kind of give a solid nod. Now sentence is full in talk, can I think I, bitch, I have son. <laughs> I look at him and he smells a clean classroom with chalk and backwards. And I beat my hands on my sides. What to say when you talk to yourself? What? No. Oh. I look like so confused that I had both of them and they smell vomit. That answers that well. Worked kind of that one last. Now just. Shit. I kind of do laugh at him a little bit because it is kind of funny because it reminds me of Yoda. (laughs) But all he smells is like. Dagobah. Dagobah. (laughs) Swamp. Uh, smells like swampy. I'm going to shake my head and start looking around. There's nothing out there. There's not space. There is just nothing. And then what you're on seems like a platform of green grass. And it's just existing in liminal space. But there is a building that you've just come out of. And you turn and you look at it. And it's a very square building. Very symmetrical. There are windows. But they all have shades on them. Some of them are drawn, some of them are not. It looks like it's about three stories, and it is made of smooth metal. Is there light sh- uh, like illuminating this building? There's not, but you can see it very clearly for that being any light. Before I go, uh, does this building look familiar? It doesn't. I'm going to go to the edge of it, and I'm going to look underneath it. There's dirt that tapers away. I come up from my look, and I kind of look at them like... Uh, they smell fresh dirt that's been dug up. I give him a thumbs up. Inside. I'm got, looking at Jake. I got nothing, dog. Man. All that talk, can't you? How to talk about books you haven't read. What? So many books, so little time. Okay. And I'm going to head back in. Okay. I, I recognize those immediately. Uh, and he smells fresh books. Titles books? Yeah, I nod feverishly. Okay. In. Everybody I'll following him? Follow him, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You guys go back inside. You leave the door open, you close it. Leave it open. You all head down the hallway, and as you walk, you feel like you can see the floor under you flickering and shifting. Carpet, wood, stone, steel, then back to carpet again, and then you're at a T in the hallway. Right? I shrug, and they smell pizza. I point right and nod and say, from Russia with love. It do lets, and (laughs) I hit that way. As you go, you notice that your footfalls sound like horse hooves on a paved road. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) 
I'm going to look down at my feet. Am I, are my feet hooves? No, no, they're, they're just normal feet. You guys canter a little further, and then you reach a door. Welp, and I knock on it. You touch the door, and it opens. You see TJ in the room, and you look back over your shoulder, and TJ's not there, but you see him in the room, and he's sitting at a workbench, and there is this blue energy. It almost looks humanoid, and it is picking up pieces of apple off of the bench and putting them into TJ's mouth. And he chews and swallows them. And as he does that, his hands move over a large book. But you can see that the book is blank. But as he chews, he moves his head around. And you can see in his eyes mathematical equations just scrolling as his hands slide across the book. Hell the what? And this blue figure just continues to feed him slices of apple. JT? <laughs> Hello? I want to fish around for, like, a nickel in my pocket or something. Roll plus weird. Uh, that's a, that's a five. Tash, you feel something in your pocket, and you pull it out, and you open your hand, and it's a butterfly, but it has the head of your third grade teacher on it. <laughs> and it looks at you, and it sniffs an annoyance, and then it flies out of your hand and flies down the hallway. What is happening? Rev, what are you doing to us right now? <laughs> you know what? Just, I'm just going through the door now. I'm getting out of the hellscape and going into another one. Why not? You take a step inside and your foot lands on the cobblestones in an alley. And you hear someone running down the alley. I'm going to turn and look. It's Ori. He sprints past you, breathing heavily. And from behind him in the shadows, you can hear the click of sharp claws and the sound of large leathery wings. And you see the fear in his eyes and the ragged breath of whatever this thing is that is pursuing him gets closer. Roll plus weird. Uh, seven. This is, so far, my favorite episode to record, just based on watching Rev's reactions to our roles. Tas can speak only in emojis. <gasps> oh, no! Jake, as Tas steps in, the door slams, and then it pops instantly back open, ejecting Tas and Tej onto the floor of the hallway, and they're both there. They stand up, and they're both a little foggy. Uh, <laughs> I open my mouth... And above my head, a little chat bar appears with the poop emoji. <laughs> like, we clearly see this? Yeah. And then next to it, like, 19 of the angry ones. <laughs> and one of them rolling its eyes. <laughs> I'm both in awe and also just, like, in hilarity at this. <laughs> and you smell, you smell Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. That's what you smell. Um... The little arrow pointing down the hallway appears, <laughs> just a left arrow, and I turn on my heel and start walking the other way. Okay. And I'm going to follow him. Yeah, same. You all turn to go down the hallway, and remember that you're standing in an elevator. It goes up a few floors and then opens uh, into a short hallway <laughs> what? with a door at the end. I'm just going with it by now. Any more, whatever. Okay, yeah, we're in an elevator now. That makes sense. Yep. This all feels normal to us, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel unnatural. Maybe it doesn't feel normal, but it doesn't feel out of the ordinary. So weird. I just kind of put my hands up and step back um, with the irritated emoji popping up. I just shrug. I go, catapult soul, and then I reach out <laughs> and open the door. Jake touches the door, and you both see inside Jake sitting at a large dinner table with enough food and drink on it for hundreds of people. And inside this room, there are four other tables just like it around the room. But you can't see the people seated at them. They appear to be made of mist. At the center of Jake's table, you can see the symbol of the Defender. Next to him, on the right, is an open seat. And then there are ten more seats around the table, each with a person in it. Is it people that we recognize? 
It is not. They are all armor clad and they are eating and cheering and laughing and telling stories. They all seem to very clearly be from different time periods, but there is a blank space between them and Jake. I mean, Jake's plate is empty. I'm going to go into the door. You're suddenly sitting in that empty seat next to Jake and he turns to you and says, that's not your seat. And you turn and you look and there is food on the plate now, but it's rotten and moldy and churning and you can see again that the other 10 people at the table look at you as they eat and Jake sits there with a bare plate and the moldy food starts to pulsate and grow. TJ roll plus weird. 14. Tass, as TJ steps in, the door closes gently and then behind you, you hear another door open and then close and you turn around and they're just standing there next to that wall. TJ, you can talk normally. Oh, look at me. I'm talking in sentences, guys. I think I have a theory on this. Anytime one of us goes into a door, another person goes in, something happens to them. I think we need to all three go into a door. How Stella got her groove back? Blank stare. (laughs) Thin mouth emoji with the flat eyes. Seriously, guys, I, I think we all need to go into one of these doors, all three of us together. Both arrows, like left and right, and then question marks over over face. I'm probably going to say that we need to go in any of them and maybe deal with what's going on in those doors together. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'll shrug and just start giving a three, two, one, and then reach for the door with you guys. Yeah, I I better do it though. So I actually say three, two, one. You all reach out the door, trying to touch it at the same time. And the closer your hands get to the door, the smaller the door gets until you touch where the door should be. And it's just completely gone because it's so small, it's invisible. (laughs) I have to tell you that that image is so visceral that I, the player sitting here, am kind of getting dizzy trying to picture it (laughs) um let's go down the hall to the other one and see what happens thumbs up emoji you turn back to go down the hallway and there's a wall with a ladder on it should we all try to go up this ladder at the same time bemused smirk and thumbs up just gonna start crawling up the ladder then okay i'm gonna goose him as he goes ah you old scam are you coming a walk to remember (laughs) (laughs) thumbs up and we go (laughs) as you climb the ladder clouds start to float by your head and then a few birds cloudy with a chance of meatballs (laughs) You get to the top of the ladder, and there's literally a door at the top of the ladder. So they are still below you on the ladder. Damn it. Oh, like a hatch in the ceiling kind of thing? But it's a full door. Where the sidewalk ends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Irritated. Uh, (laughs) Can I reach the door handle? You can. I'm going to reach out for it. You touch it, touch it, and it swings open. Inside this room, you can see boxes shuffling around. Some invisible force is moving them. They stack. They get on shelves. They get moved down. They open. They close. They reorder. Just boxes and boxes moving around the room. Since the door is open, am I able to crawl up into this room? You can. Are any boxes going to hit me if I do? It doesn't seem like it. Okay. So I'm going to go up inside the, the room. As you get into the room... The door slams shut behind you. Just him on his own? Yep. Oh, damn it. (laughs) The never-ending story. Cackling emojis. (laughs) So now you're in this room, and there's boxes moving around. I'm going to try the door. Nothing happens. I also am going to try the door. Roll plus weird. No. Uh, Six. As you touch the door handle, it turns to wood, and it is the stake that you have impaled into Rachel's chest. Frowny face, crying face. (laughs) TJ, so you are in the room alone. Uh, What kind of boxes are they? All kinds. Boxes with lids, boxes with the edges bent over, just boxes. Cardboard boxes? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, um, I'm going to find one that isn't moving on a shelf, and I'm going to open it up. Yeah, as you approach one, any of them actually you approach, they stop. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'll just grab the nearest one and open okay. it up. 
You open it up, and inside of it is a stone wall. On it is a painting, and it's a painting of four circles with ten colored blobs around the perimeter of each circle. Three of the circles make up a triangle. The other circle is in the middle of the triangle, and there are ten blobs of color on the outside of each circle. Roll plus sharp. Twelve. Tash, you are holding this bloody stake, and you're hearing Rachel scream, and it tumbles from your hand, and it falls down to the shaft that the ladder is in, and it hits the ground. And when it hits the ground, it spouts arms and legs. And then in a matter of a couple of seconds, it grows, and it morphs into TJ, who is now at the bottom of the ladder. Jesus! What? Was I just meat? Wooden stake. Oh, sorry. It was like <laughs> That's a- way more disturbing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just a just a T bone. <laughs> I just will... flap on the ground. <laughs> so I saw in one of those boxes. I was able to open it up, and inside is a painting of four circles, three in a triangle, one in the middle, and colorful blobs around it. About ten. Do I think that those look familiar in any way? Especially the ten colors on the outside. Right now, it doesn't seem to mean anything to you. Like, you try to focus down on that idea, and all of a sudden, you're thinking of the theme song from your favorite cartoon when you were a kid. Which was... Life is like a hurricane. So yeah, you're thinking about how some of the colors around that circle look like the colors that all the triplets wear. You mean Huey, Dewey, and Louie? And the news. And the news. (laughs) Uh, I am just flashing the thumbs down to Jake over and over again, trying to get him to go down the ladder. So I get off the ladder. I also will descend the ladder. As you all get to the bottom of the ladder, the conveyor belt under your feet starts moving, and it very quickly brings you to another door. (laughs) Okay. I'm just going to grab the handle. You open the door. Inside of the room, hundreds of ants, and they are moving around small pieces of cardboard, and it seems like they're matching them up together, almost like they're putting together a puzzle, but it's blank. Shrug emoji. I'm going to walk in. You step inside and the door slams shut. As you step in, the ants finish this square and they scatter to the edges of the room. Uh, I'm going to inspect it. You walk up to it and as you peer down into it, a medieval plague doctor comes out of the puzzle and it looks at you tilting its head and then it reaches up to the glass lenses on the mask and it slowly unscrews them and a green gas begins to pour out of the eye holes and fill the room. Roll sharp. Uh, Ten. As the gas moves towards you, you have this moment of clarity. Whatever or wherever this place is, it's off. It's, it's wrong. But with everything that you've been through, one thing sticks out to you. Every time you've been in danger or been in pain, the rush of the adrenaline seems to remove you from the situation. You don't stay in that danger. And as you have this realization, the gas reaches you and you feel it burn everywhere it touches you. And you take three points of damage. Jake and TJ, the door opens. You see that the room that Tass is in is just filled with green gas. And you see a plague doctor inside of the room. And this gas is coming from his eye holes. And Tass collapses to the ground. And as he does, the plague doctor pulls out a very jagged saw and descends upon him.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is routine update log number six for Dr. Edison Tucker concerning my research into the town of Jerusalem, Oregon, and the existence of the supernatural, paranormal, mythological, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. Anyway, since arriving, I've definitely encountered some stuff that could be classified under weird ass. I mean, where else does putting lamb's blood on people's doorways actually work as pest control? And nobody in town will talk to me about the picnic area near Lincoln's farm. Although, could be because everybody thinks I'm one of those monster hunting idiots. Which I'm not, okay? I am an experienced professional who takes my work extremely seriously, and I am going to prove this if it's the last thing I ever- Although, to be honest, I think the biggest mystery on my hands is how I'm going to survive living with Lucille Kensington, stuck-up extraordinaire. So, if you guys don't hear from me again, it wasn't something in the woods that got me. Probably. Where the Stars Fell. Available now wherever podcasts are found.